Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gates and ready to go. OutKick 360 underway Tuesday edition. That means John McClain will join us in an hour as we broadcast live at 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. McClain will join us for NFL discussion. That's where we're about to start. We'll get into some college football talk and much more gentlemen good afternoon good afternoon happy tuesday to both of you and the bears are back after last night how about that performance paul you worried about you burying them and their playoff chances which i no. think i did too on my list. Uh, uh, i am not worried in the least and i was pleased by a game that you know is completely upside down and featured uh well over uh we all thought under though we were divided yeah. on on which side um you know, it goes to show you the league still, you know, has these remarkable evenings where it just goes completely opposite what what you believe in terms of results. I think you guys were taking the points, but you weren't expecting the Bears to win. And that's the Bears. I mean, that, that breathes a little life into Matt Eberflus in terms yeah. of they had a long break there and they actually self-scouted and did things uh, dramatically different than they were doing them before, the way they ran fields. We had a, I didn't hear much discussion of it. I was kind of watching on my phone at a baseball practice, but uh, I texted you guys like, wasn't that a roughing the passer after we've seen some of these things that were like touching a guy be roughing he the passer? He got sandwiched he well after he threw the football. Sandwiched with the ball out. Um, and now Bill Belichick is in this rare territory where he's got a quarterback controversy. That's the big story. Before you stepped in, Hutton, we were saying – it's very weird for him to go staunchly with Mac Jones today in a situation where he could have left his next opponent with some confusion. Also, I must mention that Bailey Zappi, who I saw more clearly today than I've seen him before, looks every bit the part of a punter. He's got <laughs> pigeon toes and kind of those punter thighs, like an old school punter. He does not look the part at all. But God bless him for when he's You're, he's you're just now seeing him for the first well, time? I, I hadn't really seen him like walking out to the huddle, you know? He does not look like a that, guy that when you're watching in the huddle, the quarterback come, you go, here comes a guy who's going to give me a play that I'm going to run with great success. You weren't paying attention at Western so, Kentucky? Long story no, short, was not. that was a route the other way. And yep. no one saw the route coming, including Bill Belichick. Uh, by all accounts, this was um, this is a benching last night. Yeah. I mean, 10-0 to tried score. to play up the health card, which is funny. 10-0 to score. Two straight three and outs, interception on the third possession, and Bailey Zappi comes off the bench and gives them some life. They you know, two consecutive touchdown drives for New England, and the, the the area that really let them down is their run defense. They had been excellent in that area, and the Bears gashed them for like 250 yards. And I was watching it last I night. I said yesterday, I thought that was their chance to do anything. In this yeah, game. I mean, but the, you know, the Patriots have been locked down on that. Really good in run defense and. Um, I was watching it with Keith Bullock. He's like, man, this is this is good for the kid. He's talking about Justin Fields. 
Uh, you mentioned Eberflus. This is great for Justin Fields to have the career performance that he did. He ran the ball 16 or 17 times. 12 of those were design runs. And you finally saw some semblance of life within Fields and what the Bears traded up for instead of confusion and just a mess. If you're you a Bears know? fan, this is the best you're feeling the day after a game in a long time. Yeah. Long time. Yeah, it's a, it's a solid performance for a team that's not expected to do much. And it is a big loss for the Patriots, albeit it's an NFC loss. That division. But the division, you could climb back into it knowing that the Jets have lost Brees Hall. They've traded for James Robinson. But you had a chance to gain a, a, another win while the Jets continue to win, but yet lose their one of their top rookie offensive linemen and also their 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 star running back and their explosive back out of the backfield. Patriots could have been tied with the yeah. Dolphins at four and three, and instead they're in last place at three and four. That, that's a big, big swing game, like you're saying. Yeah. And at home against the Bears, it's a yep. bad loss for them. And the worst thing that we open with is they don't know who their quarterback is now. And, and I, th- this is the way I like things to trend in that they were not afraid to make a move quickly when Mac Jones was terrible to start this game. I wish we would now revert from the, this is Mac Jones' team when he's healthy Well, but they didn't say that. They they said that they planned on playing both. Yeah, but that was news to some of the guys in the locker room. Bailey Zappi after the game said, I had no idea I was going in the fourth series. Well, that doesn't mean Belichick told him he wasn't going to play. It just wasn't going to be the fourth series. Right, but... But there were other players on the he team who, who basically said, and this is very unpatriots-like, said they had no idea this was happening. So maybe Belichick planned on doing it. He just didn't tell the team. Well, that doesn't make but, sense. But there was nothing yeah, in the I've, practice week that told these guys it was going that way. This is very unpatriots-like where guys didn't feel like they, they knew the plan. Yeah. Um, you know, because the way you do that is that everybody is in on the plan, and that's how you make it work. So Belichick wouldn't be surprising his guys with a two-quarterback plan where they're looking and go, oh, Bailey's coming in? Yeah, it sounds like the players weren't in on whatever plan that the coaches are talking about they had. Or they're lying about having had such a plan. Which leads me to believe that they didn't really have a plan and their quarterback sucked. And instead of just coming right out and saying we benched him, they're saying, oh, well, our plan was always we're probably going to get him in the game at some point because of the injury. I, th- I think they're trying to protect their guy. I'm all for not protecting starting quarterbacks when they're not good and right. you want to He's go with someone else. He's got to be tough enough to be able to handle it I to be it was, your guy I thought in the it first was strange play. when they said it's his team and he's going to be the starter when he comes back because Bailey Zappi was playing pretty good at the time. I'd like to – Mac Jones has not been good enough to hand the keys back to him. Dak Prescott's been good enough to give him the keys back to the Ferrari when he gets back and he's healthy. Mac Jones is not one of those quarterbacks – so why the rush to confirm that it's his team or he's going to start the moment he's back when you got a rookie who's playing pretty well? And Bailey Zappi well, he sucked gave, in the them, half. gave them a little bit of a spark when he came in. 9 of 16, 76 yards, two interceptions in the second half. So I mean, they, they, this goes on for another week. Because um, Zappi had a chance to slam the door shut on it. You know? Oh, yeah. It, it's total controversy now. It's chaos. Because Mac Jones sucked when he was in, too. Yeah. They have two quarterbacks who aren't probably great. But my point was, Bailey Zappi looked good in Green Bay. And coming off that, it was an immediate, no, 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 it's Mac Jones' team when he comes back. And I'm thinking, just chill. Like, let's let this play out and see how the kid does, and then you can make your decision. It's weird how we cater to the ego of of quarterbacks. I heard Albert Breer on uh, NFL radio this morning when I was flipping around as I ran some errands. 
talking about this. I'm not sure I've got the right time frame, but I just clicked on Mac Jones's last 10 games, 10 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Yep. So whatever that good stretch he had last year, he's not he's not been good in his last 10 games. There's every reason to be looking for an alternative. If you've got a good one, who's outperforming that? You've got to be better than, than a one-to-one ratio. I think Mac Jones will end up being the Colts' next quarterback. <laughs> Well, they're gonna. That, that's the off season. I heard. I heard if, somebody. If works out. Yeah, I heard somebody uh, also on NFL, NFL radio. The conversation was about the Colts. Or it was Breer talking about it, saying that the Colts now, from Ursa's seat, are determined to get in position to find a long term solution. You're probably considering Mac Jones. That he was talking draft wise that they have to be finished going year to year. So if it were Mac Jones. So they're tanking? Well, yeah. The, the, leaning that way. No. Like if Ellinger hits it, great. That's gravy. And if he doesn't, then you're in position to go better position, to love, use some of these picks. I love how Ursay is being, you know, he's, oh, good for Ursay speaking out on NFL ownership in Washington. Oh, by the way, they're tanking just like. The, the owner in Miami was just suspended for. To yeah. use some of these picks that they got in like the Carson Wentz trade and stuff to to move up. They're not going to well, be all yeah. the way at the no, bottom. Yeah, yeah. What you're go, saying is that they're, they're willing right. to trade up. They're not necessarily yeah, going per- for the first they got to find a permanent solution and stop doing one. Yeah. Well, guys who wind up being one-year yeah, let me Let me give you this one little hint, though, on the permanent solution. It's starting Sam Ellinger and sucking and then having a very high draft pick. Well, which they'd still need to trade That's, up from because yeah, there are teams that are worse than well, the Well, here's, here's, here's yeah. what I mean by that. There is no downside to just throwing Ellinger out there because on the off chance he's terrific, then maybe you find a, a solution right. for a time. He's not going to be, though, which is going to lead to more and more losses, which is going to give you a better chance at finding a long-term solution in the draft because Mac Jones is no long-term solution. I don't see one I out there right so. now you would trade for or you'd go after that's actually – attainable the long-term solution is going to be in the draft by the way let's not pretend or i'm not going to pretend that sam ellinger is going to produce that much worse of a record than matt ryan i think if you kept starting matt ryan yeah what we just saw on sunday he can't push the ball downfield he's going to get clobbered he's going to wind up hurt first off he's probably would have missed two games now with this shoulder anyway but matt ryan's not leading the colts anywhere good either it feels they, like they they're kind of doing him a favor right now. The way yeah, the Ellinger, you go lose instead of me. You can run around a little. And bit. their unwillingness to just go more to Jonathan Taylor, yeah, which isn't helping anything. Well, that's the yeah. But you know they'll manage to screw this up and Reich will win a couple more games than is is to their ad- advantage because things are seemingly going wrong for the Colts. And Breer seemed reluctant to say he's like, yeah, now I could see Ursay maybe making a change with these guys. Reich and Ballard after the season. Only now is Breer to the point where he's willing to say he could see Ursay considering it after the season, where so many of us are like, uh, have been surprised on two Mondays this season that Reich has, has gone back to work. Well, the, the, the national guys have clearly been told that uh, the regime in Indy is safe or was safe, right? I mean, it, the writing's been on the wall, though, based on that quarterback position and how adamant Jim Irsay has been over the last 12 months with all this. I also think the roster around him is overrated. I mean, uh, and Breer was finally saying that's something that I said early in the year. Like, you could talk all you want about that offensive line being great. I don't know many great offensive lines that have no-name left tackles who have not played well. I asked that all offseason. I was saying, well, it's a pretty good offensive line, but they don't have a left tackle. Matt Pryor's nobody. And Matt Pryor's been horrific and displaced yeah. twice. 
They had Dennis by two Keller guys who also stink: Sunday. Bernard Raymond and, and Dennis Kelly, who's done. Yeah, I mean, you know, Dennis Kelly's a fill but he's right, not. He's far better on the right side at tackle, yeah, and he's not a starter at this stage of his career. No, well, he could start here. <laughs> like I said, he's not a starter at this stage of his career. No, there are several several teams in the AFC South that are playing guys who are practice squad yeah. worthy. Titans have brought in two offensive linemen this week: one to the practice squad, one to the roster. But will they pull the plug on Dennis Daly? God knows. James Robinson to the Jets. Jets realize where their offense has to go. We mentioned this yesterday. Can can they sustain the run game in similar fashion to what the Titans did last year when Henry went down? With Brees Hall, you've got the home run hitter and that element of you know down and distance, keeping things third and short for Zach Wilson, who's 4-0 since he's been the starter now, coming back from injury, but has not been anything worthy of consistent and anything worthy of turning the keys over to the passing game, even though they have some great options on the outside. They get James Robinson because Travis Etienne is running the football so well in Jacksonville. And now Robinson enters. He's been very effective in his time in Jacksonville. Now he has the the keys to the car, so to speak, on first and second down. And how quickly can he come in and integrate with that offensive line and keep the Jets in, in games? You know, he's not the same home run style hitter that Brees Hall has been through the, the first seven weeks of the season. But it's an upgrade. This is a this is a nice move for the Jets to keep them square in contention in playoff contention as uh, they enter the the turning point now into the second half of the season without their top rookie. I love it. I mean, it's the mindset that hey, we're, we just talked about. I think this is the most interesting division in football. And I think I'm going to write this week at Outkick.com, ranking the divisions in terms of most interesting to least interesting. I mean, all four of these teams are still in it. Patriots last night blew an opportunity, like we said. We've talked about uh, the Miami and the Jets. And here the Jets, like you said, saying, hey, we just lost somebody really important, but we think we could still run the football if we have the right guy in combination with what we have. They have to. And here's a a guy that's a value to us. Jacksonville's undervalued him since Etienne has, has emerged. I think James Robinson's a perfectly good second back in, mm-hmm. in Jacksonville, but they, they don't they seem to Carter. like him. Um, so Carter and, and Robinson together, it's not the greatest, but it's better than what they had, and they're trying to fight to, to be in it. And they are in it. I'm, I'm shocked to say this twice in the same calendar year, but I love what the Jets are doing. <laughs> I said it right after the draft with what they were able to accomplish there, and once again – the fact that they have decided to be buyers right now and not sellers shows a lot about where they feel like they're headed, and they should feel good about it. Hutton, you've been all over Sauce Gardner as possible Rookie Defensive Player of the Year. Um, I, I, I like this Jets team. I like where they're headed. I like how quick and decisive they were. They lose Brees Hall, a possible Offensive Rookie of the Year for the season with an ACL injury. They'll go get James Robinson, who's a really good back. Yep. Knowing exactly what they need to fill that spot I love what the Jets have done. And again, it's strange to say that twice now, back-to-back, but it seems to be heading in the right direction. Now, quarterback is still a question mark. You know, it's it's not something you just anoint them and say they're going to be here to stay and be in the playoff picture for a while because I'm not certain on Zach Wilson right now. Yeah, he's got to get it going. Yeah, don't know one way or the other. I'm not ready to bury him like I am Nathaniel Hackett or anything like that, but I, I don't know where they're headed at quarterback. So I can't say the franchise is set. But they've made some good decisions here lately, and this is another one. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're five and two start, best start since 2010, which is also the last time that they made the playoffs. They should be buyers. And it's a low price tag. Yeah. It's a six round pick that's conditional that can be up to a fifth round pick 
in exchange for James Robinson after losing Brees Hall. I mean, that's a huge gut punch. And it's on the same day where they use they lose the offensive lineman. They they both of those guys got hurt on consecutive plays wow. in the second quarter. That's a terrible series. And you return back home from Denver, and on Monday evening you have at least some plan where you're getting your guy in on a day off today with a chance to get get ready for Week Eight. It's a strong move. And yeah, again, kudos. That, we're not giving up very much yeah. there. It, it's it's a it's a no brainer when you look at the price which was not high at all for what they gave up. I hey, love it. Uh, Joe Douglas, props Yeah, and for, he's, for personnel moves yeah, he's been his, making. He's, he's on a good run. Yeah, his, his, young, his, his young group has been really good. Corey Davis is also banged up now. He's day-to-day. Corey Davis is like perpetually banged up. Yeah, but they, they have, you know, they've got Garrett Wilson and uh, Davis is hurt, and then they lose Brees Hall. I mean, there's, there's some. And, uh, and look, Elijah Moore at some point is going to be somebody that He's they, returned they to the team him. today. Like he got in trouble for demanding a trade. And I'm sure their thinking is, you know, along these lines. Like, heck, you, you twist an ankle, you tear an ACL, and all of a sudden the guy's going to be a factor for us. Uh, for, He's a good player. For the season, Robinson, 340 yards rushing, three touchdowns, 81 carries. He only needs to get to 600 yards for this pick to convert from a uh, six, six to a, to a fifth. fifth. Um, finally, 600 total, 600 not total 600 yards. fresh yards. Um, the, the video of the referees uh, in Carolina going up to Mike Evans postgame, um, I was half joking, but also... You nailed it. I, I thought there would, had to be some connection with this because one of the officials, I joked after the show yesterday, I said, I bet one of those dudes went to Texas A&M. Sure enough, one of them's an A&M grad, and he has a connection with some golf coach. And the story is... The ref needed the number of Mike Evans to pass along to the golf pro that's hooking up Evans with something. He didn't have a piece of paper. Didn't have the paper, so he gets it from uh, his uh, the other official that's also walking off with him. You know, and Evans jots it down really fast, and that's it. But here's the thing about thanks this for the whole reporters thing. for giving those yeah. details because the NFL wouldn't. So the NFL comes to a conclusion and issues a statement that says they were not asking for autographs. It was something else. End of story. Would the crowd please disperse? There's nothing to see here. That's ridiculous to say it's something else yeah. and not say what it is. I, I, NFL fans have to be disgusted with this. Do not tell us it's something else. Don't worry about it. It is insulting. It is infuriating. Then 10 minutes later, uh, who was it? Pelissero. Uh, Pelissero from NFL Network comes out and says, what it was is <laughs> the guys both went to A&M Here's and he wanted his phone number so that he could get in touch with his golf coach. So uh, the NFL, first off, I feel is obligated to explain what that is. Then the NFL is emphasizing, they reminded these officials, and I think all the officials, that they're to avoid even the slightest hint of impropriety. Well, this is a hint of impropriety. It's video with no audio where everyone presumes he's getting an autograph and it looks bad for referees, officials, to be getting an autograph of a player coming off the field. I, I just did a Fox News rundown on this for tomorrow. I said, you go fix your slices together in the back room where <laughs> yeah. nobody sees it because it's absolutely an appearance of impropriety. And the league just says, oh, we checked on it. There's nothing to see here. All of you, go back to tune in Thursday night, give us our ratings, and <laughs> shut up. Stop bothering us about this. It's not important. 
You are treating your fans like idiots, and it is going to come back to bite you in the ass at some point. It's not soon, but we're sick of it. I'm talking as a fan now. I am sick of being talked to like this by you. Have some, you've got to lessen your tone deafness on things like this. Paul, excellent rant. I completely agree with you. Here's what jumped out to me when all this happened. In any other profession or walk of life, if you are in any way being reported on and it is completely untrue what's being said, then you just pick up the phone or tweet something out saying, I did not ask for an autograph. Here's what happened. You tweet, you call a reporter, you tell them they report it for you. Something happens. But the system in place with the NFL is that these officials are so untouchable, they can't speak for themselves. He can't even say, guys, this is ridiculous. Of course I didn't ask for an autograph and completely squash this right away because they, they're not allowed to answer honestly when they screw something up. They completely protect them in a bubble where they don't speak at all. They don't want them talking, heard from from anyone. It creates a situation where the official in question couldn't just come right out and say what happened. Instead, it's all this cloak and dagger stuff. Here's what I would do. And it bothers I, me. I would like to do this. All of just to create an awkward moment. I would do this just to create awkward moment. Remember, well, I can't get him because he's not a referee, right? If it was a referee and he was at my home game next week, I would ask for a pool report on an innocuous play, the, the worst play of the game. Get into a room, ask him about that, and then ask him about this which he would not be able to comment on, but I would watch him squirm. Then I would file a pool report describing how he reacted so that America could be, get that reaction. And then the NFL would come back put, and not allow oh, you to ever do trouble. that again. Yeah, I would be removed as the pool reporter. But I would, <laughs> America would know that this guy was asked the question and I would describe to him how he reacted to this question. And that would be the closest America could sweaty. get to him, <laughs> to him having to face the question. I right? love the description that you'd have of, of his... He wiped his left brow with the back of his left hand <laughs> and, uh, and then adjusted his collar. He shifted weight in his seat and then eventually stood up and started pacing. Yeah, while the PR person said, this is not why we're here. Yep. The, and then you'd have to... Surrender you know, my credential. Well, either that or... <laughs> Sir, hand that over on your way out, please. Security! Yeah. You'll get the Barstool Sports treatment. You can't go to any other section <laughs> yeah, without, without, uh, without all the money. <laughs> it, is, uh, it, it is just... It's bad optics. And that's, that's the one area, the officials, where the NFL is extremely careful with their language, um, how they phrase things, to not ever give the perception of there's some... Something going Some, on. Yeah, something, something awry, right? And again, we, we mentioned this yesterday too. They're, they're fortunate that the Bucks were awful in this game and that there wasn't some controversial call. That went and then fair. you see the side judge and Lamberth, who's, you know, by all accounts, literally just trying to pass along a number to a guy he knows that he went to school with at A&M to the golf coach that he knows also. But, you know, and it's probably as simple as, they spoke during the game about yeah, it. He seemed to know what he hey, was coming to him for. Yeah, or 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 pregame they spoke. You know, Say, like, hey, hey give me need... that number. Yeah, and then that's all Here it was. Here you go. Yeah, but I'm with you, Chad. It, this is easily explained, and it's not on Mike Evans to explain it by any means. But there's no way to get in touch with any of these guys. But I mean, they're in witness protection during this. Yeah, season. I doubt they even have a social media account of any. They have a bunch of burner accounts. They just follow people on, <laughs> and not an actual official one. But I'd love for not the official to just retweet the story or the speculation and say, 
Yeah, I was giving him the number of a golf pro that we both use because we went to A&M. If yeah. I'm a Bucks reporter, I'm putting in my calendar right now for like early August, Mike Evans Golf Store. <laughs> and I go to Mike Evans and say, how, how did it go How's with that pro over the offseason? How's your swing that Ram- uh, Lamberth gave you? Uh, how much credit does he deserve for your handicap coming down? When I watch Mike Evans at that Lake Tahoe Pro-Am and he's crushing it, I'm always going to remember gonna the official that got him hooked up. Find out who's on the with back. With that golf pro. <laughs> good story there. <laughs> you got to get Billy ahead. Lucci on to give us the lowdown on this golf pro I that bet he's he, recommending. Yeah, I bet he partied with him. I, I, I probably had dinner with him last night if I Maybe. had to Com- Commiserate. <laughs> Maybe. At the A&M club or wherever it was that <laughs> I mean, as bad as A&M's loss was bad enough, but now they're getting this bad press from yeah. the Mike Evans official exchange. Good segue to college football next segment, Paul. On like the unbeatens, that. we will uh, discuss the best teams across the college football. We will get to A&M. And the suspension's a bit later in today's show. We go through the top teams in college football, and I'll let you know what Eddie George and Keith Bullock last night told me about Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama, and Tennessee. And it shocked me Okay, what they said. Good. I, me too. They did not agree with my take. That's coming up. Outkick 360, excited to partner with Aurora Nutriscience. They're a trusted partner that keeps us here mentally sharp, healthy. Aurora delivers supplements where you need them the most, your body. VitalLifeScience.com is the website. V-I-D-A-LifeScience.com is where you can see more information. Our season ticket holders with OutKick360, if you're listening you are one, you receive a 15% discount with the code OutKick360. Typical pills, capsules, not well absorbed. We waste these whenever we take them. Your body's absorbing those in small, very small amounts. But here's Aurora, unique, cutting-edge, nutritional, and absorbable supplements encapsulated in liposomes. And that ensures greater absorption in the body's bloodstream. I use the vitamin C, the vitamin D3, glutathione, and more. And uh, you can get the benefits from this as well. Visit VitalLifeScience.com. V-I-D-A-LifeScience.com. 15% off with the code OUTKICK360 at VitalLifeScience.com. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back, and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless, from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. And then there were six, six unbeaten teams in college football at the top of the rankings, Georgia, Tennessee, Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson, and TCU. Last night um, with uh, Eddie George and, and Keith Bullock, I just threw out there that we're discussing college football a bit. 
and uh, here at Six of Peabody, we were chatting about these teams, and I said, Ohio State, to me, is the best team in the country, top to bottom, roster-wise, depth-wise, and talent-wise. And I went through a couple of different things and, and gave my take on Ohio State, for me, is the top team in the country. Surely Eddie agreed. Eddie said it was Tennessee. Wow. And it, he said it's based on resume. It's based on consistency and the fact that in order to beat them, you have to play your best offensively, but also like you've got to be able to slow them down in some capacity while your offense is also trying to play keep away at certain points of the game. Like he, he just thought that top to bottom from the, the starters, especially and they're focusing on offense, Keith said the same thing. Um, he's like, look, their, their defense is okay. And offensively, they've got three, four receivers now when Tillman gets back that can really take advantage of the worst defender in your secondary, the slowest option. And you can get the matchup you want and not, you know, while Ohio State's got solid Marvin Harrison Jr. is incredible. He's really good. Incredible. Um, you know, they, and, and Ohio State can do that too. They just thought body of work and what they've seen. And I don't disagree with the the, the resume. I was just based. I, I think we we were looking at it different uh, differently. And I, I just simply said, for me, talent wise, I would go with Ohio State. And Eddie jumped in and said, right now, it's Tennessee number one in the country. For me. I love that Eddie is willing to say that with obviously uh, a tendency to slant towards uh, his alma mater. That's yeah. a hell of an endorsement, Chad. Well, Jackson Smith and Jigba has played in like three games for Ohio State, and he's their best receiver. So he's going to come back at some point, too. He's, he's really good. Marvin Harrison Jr. is awesome. I mean, I, I totally agree with what they're saying. Tennessee's got the best resume. No one's done more than Tennessee with their wins. I don't know that it's even that close. But neutral field, Ohio State's favored against Tennessee. Right. I think Ohio State's top to bottom, the more talented team with a better defense than Tennessee. Tennessee's offense, though, is just the ultimate. We said this when we were talking about them, will they win eight or nine games this year? You know, that would be a success getting to nine wins. Can they do it? Well, here's how. Because their offense is the ultimate X factor. They're always going to have a chance because they, they can just score and score and score and score so quickly that they're never going to be out of a game. And they've proven that and then some this year yeah. with this 7-0 start. And they get another opportunity on Saturday – uh, by the way, this is the 118th meeting between Tennessee and Kentucky. They have met as ranked teams, both of them. This will be the third time. Wow. In 118 games where both have been ranked. Three versus 19. Well, But it's another many, opportunity to go against a good defense and make them look bad. How many of those games have been late no, mid to late November instead well, of... Almost all of them. And then by then... It's usually the, the second... It's either the last or the second to last week of the season for years and years. And by then, a, Kentucky's played Georgia and Florida. Right. Right. And, well, and look, look, Kentucky, for years and years, they w weren't ranked ever. <laughs> so... Right. They weren't even ranked early but in even the year, they, so it never mattered. Even in a year, possibly, where they're ranked after week six, they're not by mid-November. This but is... It's another opportunity for Tennessee to make a good defense look bad, like they did against yeah. Alabama, yeah. like they did against LSU... Saturday's another chance to do that. In Kentucky, can they prove that, hey, it is possible to muck it up with, with Tennessee and get them into a lower-scoring game? What's the spread here? Tennessee's 13 right now, 13 or 13 and a half. I'd give it a second. Opened at 12 and a half, and it's ticked up since the opening line. Give it. 
Yeah, I lean that way right now too. I so, am surprised though when you see the graphic of the six teams, Hutton, that's left. Just how small of a group we're talking about now. The the one Plus the one to watch is TCU. Two, two sets. I feel of like them. TCU is sneaking up on everyone, and uh, sneaking up. I mean, they're going to be right now in the college football playoff at the end of the year, and people are going to be like, "Where'd they come from?" And you're going to see one game, and it'll be their championship game, right? I yeah. mean, because I don't think a many. Many people are not watching them because you know they're playing Oklahoma State the same time that Tennessee and Alabama are on, right? Right. But, so that they're the one to to don't, Who's that don't be surprised. Going to be against uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, State. Uh, Baylor. I mean, there's there's a number of possibilities right mm-hmm. now that it could be. That'd be a great rematch. Yes, which and, they, was a and double they get overtime. they get. I think they play at Baylor later in the season, which is going to be an obvious right. big test for them. Yeah, I mean, two of them, it's going to work itself out. You know, there's going to be four. There's going to be at least five after next weekend when Tennessee and Georgia play. Ohio State, Michigan play. Ohio State, Michigan. So that eliminates another one. So only yeah, it's Clemson be, and TCU. Only can be three. T- Clemson's the one that, I mean, of the six that we're looking at right here Georgia, Tennessee, Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson, TCU. I'm only bothered by one of them, and it's Clemson because their schedule is weak. Well, when they, you look up and down now at the ACC, I know they got to go to Collins Notre Dame team here in a couple weeks, and that's going to be a test. And if you're rooting for those other teams, you are rooting like hell for Notre Dame uh, to beat Clemson in South Bend. But other than that, I mean, it's a lot of a lot of nothing. So in the ACC this season, hypotheticals. I know Belichick won't do that, but we can. Um, Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, Kentucky. Let's say Georgia and Tennessee not just take care of business. They, they win like they're capable of winning these games. Two-plus scores. Okay. Just good, yeah, e- comfortable. November 1st, the college football playoff rankings come out. Where are those two teams in the college football playoff rankings going into a week where they're going to face off head-to-head in Athens? One and two. I really think when that college football, if Tennessee well, just who's wins, Ohio State have this week? I don't even think it takes a Penn State. I think if Tennessee wins by one point on Saturday, I think their strength of schedule and the numbers with that, it'll go against the AP poll. It will be Georgia one, Tennessee two, or flip that, Tennessee one, Georgia two, if they win when that first college football ranking comes out. So we are, I believe, if both handle business, going to be looking at one versus two in Athens. In November. One versus two in the college country, football rankings. Yes. Or in the country. I think in the college football Yes. In the I mean, playoff that, rankings. That's what matters. Next Tuesday. Yeah, come Tuesday, forget about AP and coaches. What matters is that college football playoff ranking. And I think it'll be one versus two, that'd Tennessee be, and Georgia. That'd be amazing. One or the other will be one. Well, one and will the be, committee could also do that because we're going to see the immediate head-to-head where one team's losing. And so you're... I don't know how they would view it based on not if you lose, but how you lose, but you could drop out and still work your way back up. We've seen that before, um, but that's, or not that's drop, also or not drop far. But that's also huge. If Tennessee gets up to number two in the rankings, and let's say they lose to Georgia, with a one, they end up not making it to Atlanta. Their path to get back in is helped by the fact that the initial rankings have them second. Yes, and their 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 only loss would be the team that they had ranked first and by all accounts would not leave the number 1 spot from that time because they're going to Atlanta which is similar to what we saw last year and then Alabama beats them then 
you have both in the playoff, and you would have Tennessee, who at one time was the second-ranked team, on you know on the outside looking in. But you could also, you know, even with Georgia taking care of business in the SEC championship game, what if you could one- still have Tennessee make the argument that a one-loss Tennessee that there are one losses to Georgia and it dropped them to fifth, yeah. right? Like, how do they get back up into the top four? What, that, if they, what if they blow out Kentucky and they're one time the first ranked team? I mean, that would it, it would do take even a, a little I'm, bit more. I'm telling you, I, I really believe. Call call me crazy, whatever. Look at Tennessee's resume, right? And tell me, even a one point win where they kick a field goal to beat Kentucky. I don't care. Get to eight zero and beat Kentucky. That's another top twenty win. For Tennessee, Kentucky's nineteenth in the country. Yeah, and that would be five ranked wins. Of they've got eight to look games. at that resume and put them high. And, and that, they again, beat Alabama and Nick Saban. I mean, there's no one's going to touch that eight games into the season. I think they're going to be the number one team in the country if they're in the college football play. But this is the biggest test outside of Georgia this Saturday. If they're is t- Kentucky, if they're top two, I think they've got a great shot. No matter what happens against Georgia, we're again we're previewing the rankings, not just top two AP. College football playoff rankings, first one. If they're top two, I think they have a great shot of making the playoff with one loss. If they, for some reason, and they shouldn't be if they, if they take care of business this weekend, if they, for some reason, are third or fourth, I think it's much more difficult committee-wise, based on how they're telling us they view them in that ranking, to work your way back in if you've got an unbeaten TCU and a one-loss whoever. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, they're not making it with one one loss. loss. Alabama, who wins the SEC championship game, how do you get three in? You know, the the third or fourth ranking would drop them out with a loss to Georgia, probably to around six. And again, I'm just spitballing how they would view it. If they're one or two, they're not going any far. They're not dropping any any more than fifth in the country in the following week. But they, I mean, am I wrong in that? No. Well, it depends on what happens with these other teams, right? They need help. Well, sure. Clemson and TCU. Go undefeated. Georgia goes undefeated. Tennessee's not getting in. TCU, Clemson, one or both need to have a loss. I think if just one loss get one would of them knock them behind Tennessee with one loss. Got to get one of them out of there. M- Michigan or Ohio State will have a loss, and the loser won't be playing in the Big Ten Championship. Tennessee will be ahead of them yes. right. with one loss. So that eliminates another one for you. The, the path, there's not a ton of obstacles if Tennessee only has one loss. The obstacles for Tennessee are beating Kentucky at home, and, not, and avoiding a huge letdown against South Carolina, Missouri, or Vandy. Just avoid the huge letdown. Lose to Georgia. Maybe don't get destroyed. Beat Kentucky. Probably good yeah, not to get destroyed Don't look by like Georgia. Oregon yeah. you know, against exactly. Georgia. If you lose, the, the spread's 10.5 or 11 right now. Lose around that to Georgia on the road. And I think Tennessee's going to be in a great spot you're rooting for to Texas, be that four seed in the playoffs. Texas, uh, not Texas anymore, right? Uh, who's TCU's Te- best Texas, opponent? Texas and Baylor. Yep. And uh, and Notre Dame against Clemson. And whoever they play in a Big but 12 look, championship. I'm not putting it past Tennessee to beat Georgia. No, of course. N- no, not at all. And I, in fact, they I may think not it, be a one loss Ge- team. They may be shoe ins. Here's, here's the thing with Georgia, too. You know, a lot of praise for Georgia, and rightfully so. They're the defending champs, they're the champs until someone beats them. They slept walk in, in Columbia, Missouri, and should have lost to a Missouri team that should have lost to Vandy this weekend at home. Not very good. Missouri played their greatest game at the right time. They but, are a bigger favorite in the cocktail party against Florida than they've ever been in the series. 22.5 point favorite. But that's always a wild game. They, they've got Florida. They host Tennessee. Then they go to Mississippi State and to Kentucky in consecutive weeks. Not easy. 
the schedule for Georgia is not. Now they get Georgia Tech at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Th- that's going to be an easy win. But they've got a clip now of four games: Florida, Tennessee, Florida neutral field, Tennessee at home, in Starkville against Mississippi State. Weird place to play, and then at Kentucky. Who's to say Georgia doesn't have two losses in those four games? Well, and a one loss, or at Georgia, least one. I think gets in the the playoff too. They can make the same right. statement here. Well, and again, if the one loss isn't Tennessee, then they're going to have the head to head and go to Atlanta and have a chance to win the SEC title. Yeah, I feel like that's where Tennessee's loss comes if it comes is in Atlanta against Bama in a in rematch. rematch, and but then you like, split with Bama. I, uh, I would also and say I think you beat them. Again. Tennessee beating Georgia, one loss Georgia on the outside looking in after the SEC championship in Atlanta. A one-loss Georgia has the same type of resume, like w- within the schedule itself. See, and then you get into the conversation like, shouldn't they be punished a little bit for not having made it to their championship game? Yeah, no, and then, no, I mean, for I the college football championship. Not if you're not going to punish Tennessee for the same thing. I mean, to me, that the head-to-head matchup in Athens, if it's one versus two, I think either team has a great shot with a loss to still make it. Absolutely. And, and what's helping Georgia right now, too, is Oregon's been great since they yes. got blown out by, yeah, by, been by awesome. Georgia. So that helps, that helps Georgia's case that they won, I think, 49-10 to 10 was the final on a neutral field. And it, it, it didn't even feel that close watching that game. It was... <laughs> Total destruction. It, yeah, they whipped them. But if Georgia... Loses to Tennessee, and Tennessee loses to Bama in the conference championship game. Tennessee's in over Georgia. Tennessee's in. Right. If Tennessee is so. undefeated playing in the, the, they're gonna be SEC in the championship country. game, they are the same team as Georgia a year ago where you're playing for fun. You want to beat Alabama and win the SEC. Get a better seed. But you're going to be in the college yeah, football They were going playoff. to that number one. Right. Just like Georgia. Hit us up. And I'll kick 360 with your thoughts coming up. We'll give some thoughts on the World Series. We'll let you know about the latest on Game 1, start time, and more on Outkick 360. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Got the start time for game one of the World Series on Friday, 8.03 Eastern. Oh, first we pitch. love those weird start times. 8.03 Eastern. That's better than 8.03. And we Sunday. really needed, what, six days in between games? <laughs> Sunday to Friday night. Yeah. Whatever. And uh, we'll see if the Astros will lose a game. I, I Wouldn't that be like something the seven to if they go seven to no four straight? Phillies are going to beat win some games in this series. I think so too. I think they might win the series. I I'm going to go ahead and go on a limb and say that an NLS NL East team will beat the Astros for a second straight year in the World Series. Phillies are the team, the team of destiny. What was the score of the series last year? With Four Bryce two. Harper, Bryce Harper Four going one. going deep. Yeah, Braves in five Braves last in year. Five? Yeah, they were up three zero and then they lost at home in Game Four and then won Game Five in Houston. So how about the uh, just the coincidence of the NFL schedule with this? Have you seen what's happening yes. next week? Phillies, uh, I mean, the, the Eagles. Eagles play Thursday night. Is it at home? No, it's in Houston. Oh. 
Yeah, Phillies, so, Texans. I mean, come on, I just keep saying Phillies. So, Chad, Thursday night football. It's in between games five and six of the World Series. They will have Philadelphia against Houston in the NFL in Houston. That That is a just scheduling quirk, pure which, gold for yeah. both, really. I mean, it, it melds up really nicely. That's cool. It's too bad the Texans are, you know, that's the best team in football but against the worst team in football. It'd be cool if it was more competitive, but it's very cool that in the middle on the day off you keep the rivalry going. What's a? Do we have the long-term forecast for the for Philly? Of course, you got the retractable roof in Houston. Um, I'm going to look that up just briefly just to see. what I'm going to try like. to storm uh, storm that game game two. I'm in Houston, and I'm so staying the cheapest downtown. cheapest ticket right now is what can you? They find? have standing room only uh, tickets, and it's five seventy five ninety. That's out of my range. By the way, Braves won four games of two. I don't know why I'm uh, blanking on. I must have just completely erased that erased other that other Astros win from my memory. So they they won game two of the series that I that I erased from my memory. I think I'm staying near the game also. So maybe a little uh, rain in Philly, but nothing crazy. No, it's not going to be really cold or anything. So I'm uh I'm trying to get fired up. What what I'm as depressed a, a, still. Uh, baseball fan, but not a fan of either team. How much do you think a, the, the average baseball fan in the city would be willing to pay? Like, do you think there are a, a ton of people that would be willing to pay nearly $600 just to get in and watch a World Series game? I would think so. I mean, don't you think the number is kind of that number? Yeah. And that's the worst seat in the house, right? Yeah. How many Astros? I mean, Astros, this is their third or fourth straight World Series? They've been four and six years. Four and six say. years? I think it loses its luster. Yeah. I think the amount you're, you're willing to like pay. The people who have to be at one game Houstonian. in their lifetime have been. And you also don't have like, you know, the the fan base of the other team that's in the city, right? Like the Phillies are just going to have well, they've their got big their party three games, at home. But it's been a long time. I mean, there will be some Phillies fans there, I would imagine. One of the uh, Astros fans is about to join us. He threw out a first pitch this year. John McClain. John Spark, McClain. He sparked this whole thing. Astros legend. John right. McClain. NFL headlines, and there are plenty to dive into as we head into week eight. John McClain joins us next across the Outkick Network. This is Outkick 360.